I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. What's up, everybody? We have an incredible podcast today because we have a very special guest named Norm Mulder. Norm has created a program online and also just an education all about changing your behavior and changing your habits, breaking bad habits, becoming a better you. But it's not just the normal self-help program. It comes from a rich, scientific, and detailed method. I mean, it's just amazing. It's been entrepreneuring this thing around the world. And people have contacted me several times and said, you've got to talk to Norm because he's changing people from a top-down level leadership all the way down to a student. So he's an entrepreneur, a civic leader, passionate student of leadership. Norm brings a lifetime of experience as the founder of T-O-P-U-C-U. He's a Vietnam vet. Woo woo, we love you Vietnam vets. Thank you for fighting for our country who served faithfully with the army. Upon returning from his military service, Norm became a firefighter and paramedic. We love you guys too. Thank you, Norm. During his time, he successfully launched and sold his first business, which led him to do financial planning. And 40 years later, he has 91 offices with 1,200 agents throughout North America and has traveled all over the place representing the parent company and is one of the 95 recipients of their wall of fame. He serves on multiple nonprofit boards, hosting and facilitating community and life transformation across the U.S. Norm and his wife, Pat, live in the Northwest Ohio and have five adult children and 16 grandkids. Now, this is an important bio to read because you're going to hear from him, and he's such a father and, and just community. And I want you to hear from this amazing father in just a few minutes. Uh, we have an offer for you first. I want to share it with you right now. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family. I'm so excited because one of my lifelong dreams is happening right now as you're listening and you could join. We have an online mentoring platform where we release video content and audio content to you every week. There's five videos. You can listen or watch whatever you want to do, but they're teaching. I'm actually mentoring people who are part of the platform. They call in on video and we do a mentoring session and we release it to all of you because a lot of them will be relatable to everyone. We also do questions and answers. So when you're asking your questions online, we're answering every question and about five to seven of those we answer every week on video as well. And then we have some of your favorite prophets and prophetic voices and ministry voices from around the world sharing their prophetic perspective, how they hear from God in a three to seven minute video every week. So some of your favorite guests who you've ever heard on this show are also going to be there on the platform defining their prophetic process and then we have supplemental videos now here's the deal we also have added all of our e-courses so we have an e-course on words of knowledge an e-course on growing as a prophet called modern prophets we have prophetic 101 we have a marriage e-course a financial e-course and all of them are included for one monthly price so come join us you go to courses.bowlsministries.com and sign up today Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm so glad to have my guest on today, who is a seasoned man. I mean, Norm Mulder. Hello, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Looking forward to it. You have done so much in your lifetime. I mean, you've been a vet, you've been a fireman paramedic, you've done financial planning, you've done so many things, and now you're in the education world. Wow. I mean, like, you've lived two or three people's lives. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been fun. <laughs> and it's, it, we're, we're definitely excited about uh, about being used. 
Well, and I, I like the current thing we're going to be talking about a lot, and I, I'm sure we'll go backwards too, but you have uh, just a perspective that God's really downloaded into you about transformational thinking and how to change habits. And I want to just get into this because you have a whole program about this. Do you always say it by the acronym or is there a way you say it? T-O-P-U-C-U? Is that how you say it? Or Yeah, when I got downloaded the word uh, in November, right, just right around Thanksgiving of November 13. Uh, which which stands for the only person you cheat is you. I uh, I had to figure out how to pronounce it. So the first thing I had to do was I love teaching by acronyms. So I so I wrote down T O P Y C Y, which spelled nothing. But <laughs> when when you text, obviously you use the U. So I changed it to T O P U C U, and and so I decided to pronounce it like a toe, Winnie the Pooh, and a bird going coo. So I call it Topuku. <laughs> I love it. Which is now, uh, you know, in, in a lot of areas throughout the country and, and become a kind of a kind of a fun household word. So, and yeah, and it's, it's kind of like a mental uh, martial arts in a way. <laughs> exactly. It's just one of those. As I got the word from the Lord, Sean, I was working out and I was having a pity party back in November 13. I was 64 at the time and I was working out in my in my gym and I was. You know, man, I'm 64. I can't believe I got to keep working out, you know, but I knew I had to keep working out. You know, it's, it's the old, uh, you know, spiritual law number two, use it or lose it. So, so, I, you know, I had a little pity party and then, and then the Lord just downloaded it. I knew it was from him. Um, I've not had a, a zillion of those in my lifetime. You know, I love your podcast and the fact that it is, you know, uh, you know, about hearing from the Lord. I was, I, I'm a recipient of basically three times the Lord one time through Topuku, and then two other times through people have actually helped me understand that this uh, this was to be my what I call my back nine or your wow. second half, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. But uh, Topuku, that's that's the word. The only person you cheat is you. Wow. Well, let's let's unpack that some, and then we'll go back into the story of how you got it. Because tell us about Topuku, because this is something that came. I mean, you were you were kind of going towards retirement, and God pulled you out to do this. And you could have lived a very happy life in retirement, but instead you've given your life for this, this education. So talk to us, unpack it a little bit so we know what it is. And then we'll go to the story of how it came about. So, um, when I got the word, it, it, it basically, I, I had, I'd gone through this career, which you talked about in 45 years old, I semi retired. I kind of convinced my wife that I'd had my 40 years in my first, you know, 26, 27 years of work. And, and I convinced her that I could semi-retire, and, and I did. And, and I had several things that happened to me during the course of time. One, and this is going to sound probably maybe not good, but a friend of mine had turned 60 in, in 07. And so we went to Pebble Beach to celebrate his 60th. The two couples did. And, and Dave's one of my guys with my, with my wealth, uh, wellness management company, wealth management company. And, and I was talking to Dave and I said, you're making, you have a real good income. What are you going to do in retirement? He goes, if there's no retirement in the Bible, I'm not retiring. So long story short, I started seeking the Lord. And from, I can tell you specifically from December 7th, I'm not a big journaler, but I started journaling December wow. 7th of 07 till the, till December 31st. And I kind of called on my 25 days. I was asking the Lord every day, you know, what, you know, what, what should I do now? You know, I'm going to be 60 in a year and two months from then. And, and, and I kept getting this leadership thing. And I had a friend call me and he says, man, I want you to be my Boaz. I hadn't heard from him for a while. And I, and other people, you, you, you know how it goes. I mean, I was getting emails from people that were just, I knew they were God driven. So 
long story short, on the 31st, I got James 4, 13 to 17. And I said, well, I know that one's from me. That's not from you, Father, because it's James 4, 13 to 16. And I know it's not 17 because I've used that verse a lot of times in business, you know, and I'll paraphrase it basically. But, you know, somebody says you're going to go to a town in a year, make a profit. Well, you know, you boastful, arrogant man. Instead, you ought to say, the Lord wills, I'll do this or that. Well, I had to look, Sean, I had to look up 17. I didn't even know what verse 17 was. Well, 17 obviously says, if a, if a man knows what to do and doesn't do it, he sins. And yeah. I thought, I thought, okay, so Lord, I'm, yeah, I'm getting close to 60. There's going to be something you're going to pull me out to do. And three days later, we went to Joliet, Illinois, to, uh, to welcome our 14th of 16 grand, grandchildren. And on the way to the hospital in Joliet, we drove over from Cleveland. And on the way to the hospital, I looked at my wife and I said, I really want to see this new baby, but I am starving. Please pull in that Arby's restaurant. I pull in the Arby's restaurant and we go in, use the facilities, come out, get in line to order. I look on the wall and framed on the wall is James 4, 13 to 15. <laughs> it's so random at Arby's. I'm going, have you ever been to an Arby's and seen a scripture on a wall? No, this is well, not Chick-fil-A. This is Arby's. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I end up, I, I checked it out, and it, it's a gr group of Christian men out of New Orleans that actually have a bunch of stores. And But this is three days after I got that scripture. And so I'm going, okay, Lord, there's something for me. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what it was. And of course, then to get back to Topuku, he took me through six years. And Sean, I explored, and I, you know, it's going to probably sound horrible also and arrogant, but I'm on numerous boards had been on with the FCA and a bunch of other stuff throughout the years. And 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 I, I just didn't see any of that as being what I felt he wanted me to do. And so when I got this word Topuku, I started telling friends about it. And even, I hadn't even written the book yet. I didn't even have the program or the system yet. And I was getting I was getting texts. I hate your word. I'm going, well, that's probably good because <laughs> I, I hate my word, you know. Because it makes me do what I don't want to do to become who I want to become, which is always that age-old, how do you do that? And this little word, topuku, the only person you cheat is you, kind of became a mantra. And so I knew that there was more that he wanted me to do. And so it took about four months. And all of a sudden in April of 14, 4.30 in the morning, he wakes me up. And I knew it was him because I sat down and dictated I dictated straight every morning. He woke me up before 30. I'm typically a 11, 12 o'clock to six or seven o'clock guy. 4.30 every morning, Sean, he woke me up. And all I did was dictate. I did that for about an hour, hour and a half every morning, five days a week. And I did and that. And that had never happened before. Never, never. Wow. And, for, and two weeks later, the book was done. I mean, it, wow. was, it was done. My wife and I edited it. We It was, it was done. So... So I, I knew from the word and the reception, you know, the reception we were getting from people who hated my word because it made them do more than they wanted to do. And I knew from the way that he wrote the book that this was supposed to be something that he wanted me to do. This was an answer back to that James 4, 13 to 17 scripture I'd received six years earlier. So the, the, the third thing that happened that was really, really interesting was when we wrote the book and we decided to launch it, 
Frank Gore, the running back in the National Football League, heard about it through a, through an offensive lineman. Now, this is a story I was told. I again, I the, with my wealth management company, I've got a lot of agents, and one of them graduated with a person who is now playing for the for the Forty ers who I was told told Frank Gore about it in the locker room. Frank Gore says, "You guy, you you tell that guy to go do this in prisons." And I'm, wow. I'm, I'm so I'm 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 praying that I'm going. This isn't a prison program. This is a program that, again, helps you learn what a habit is, how to transform a habit, gives you actual tools, the tools to do it. It's not rhetoric or concept or theory. There's actually five major tools in the seven lessons. And then there's a program in the back where you where you're taught basically and carried through with the template how to write a mission statement. Who do you want to be? And goals, what do you do to become that person? But I happen to know two gentlemen who run a, uh, a nonprofit called True Freedom Ministries here in Cleveland, mm. now statewide. I go to Gary and Mike and I say, what do you think? Long story short, next thing I know we're in prison. We have now done over 30,000 inmates throughout the country. Yes. Their, their reception is phenomenal. They love it. I mean, I just got an order today from Lafayette Parish in Louisiana for 200 books. I mean... So this opportunity to help people learn these tools and principles that took me forever to learn, because I don't know if you want to go back into history a little bit, but I can kind of tell you. No, let's do it. it. Let's go back. Let's go. Where it all came from. Yeah, because this has been a long time coming from words you had even back in the days, and it started to manifest now, which I love. So yeah, tell us. Perfect. So, So I was a high school knucklehead. And in my 20th class reunion, class reunion in 1987, my classmates brought the class roster and informed me that I graduated 235 out of 238 in my high school class. Oh, my goodness. So I had a lot of fun in high school. Didn't know the Lord then. And, uh, you know, long story short, I won't go into too many details, obviously. But as a result of doing horrible in school, Obviously, I didn't go to college. I went straight, was drafted, went straight in the military, Vietnam, as a radio operator, and with the 25th Infantry, got out of there. When I came back in 70, 71, there really weren't a lot of jobs, and I really wasn't qualified anyhow. So I became a garbage collector for a year. Then I became a firefighter paramedic for six years. And in 1975, Sean, is when I had my epiphany. That's when I realized, I wasn't saved yet, I'll tell you that in a second, but that's when I realized that there were so many things that I wasn't taught because I was raised in a household where, not looking for sympathy, but it wasn't a good household. My dad yeah. was a World War II vet. It was an alcoholic, flaming. I, you know, I feel bad about that. I don't know what he saw in the war, but all I know, we were poor and it wasn't good. Wow. So I knew in 75 I needed to figure things out. I started reading everything I could read, and I learned these basic principles and tools way back then that helped me understand that the reason why most people don't succeed is because they try and transform by using only two tools of the three tools that you need to, to, to transform yourself. And the second tool that everybody, everybody uses, New Year's resolutions and all that stuff, is they have an emotional event. Something happens, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to read the Bible more, I'm going to you know, communicate in my, in my prayer closet more, I'm going to do all these things. But it's an emotional event that's followed by an action. Well, 
transformation, if we even go through the going to the word, that the most important part of transformation is changing the way you think. And yeah. I realized I had bad thinking. And I realized that I needed to do something to think different. And that's from all of that and those and, and all the books I read, I figured out that there had to be certain tools that I could use to trick my brain again to do what I don't want to do to become who I wanted to become. And as I more, the more I read, I realized that it really boils down to two words. It boils down to self-discipline. So I figured if I can become self-disciplined, then I've got an opportunity. And then I was really blessed on, 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 on August 22nd of 1980 at 12.05 a.m. when a person that I had hired into my wealth management company and asked them to lie in their application or I told them they wouldn't get hired, said to me, <laughs> said to me, I'm a born-again Christian. I'm not lying. If, if the Lord wants me here, I'll be here. And if not, and long story short again, we debated for six weeks. Well, of course, he got hired. Never wow. fails. The Lord put him through, and he got hired. And that night at 12.05 a.m., he said to me, why don't you quit being so bullheaded and just pray this prayer? And that's, that's when I got saved. That's and, amazing. And then, Sean, I was able to put together those tools I'd learned into Scripture. And it was like, wow, this is, this is all basically, it's been there through the Lord forever in the Word. So, so from there, it kind of went back to, again, working in the business world. I ended up getting into financial, uh, financial planning, so to speak. Uh, 1979 by 1994, like I say, this is going to sound braggadocious, so I apologize, but 90 offices and 1,400 licensed agents and managing about $1.5 billion of assets, which is why I semi-retired. Yeah. Still, still get the trail money today, but that's kind of how all that took place. Now, in and I wish I knew the date, and I don't, but I think it was around 2004, Tim Story, who maybe you know of Tim Story. Oh, absolutely. I love Pastor Tim Story, yeah. He comes to our church in, in Cleveland, and he's, he's doing his thing. I mean, it was just awesome. And, and so he did one of those things where he points out to the, to the audience, and he goes, you, he says, you, I need you up here. So I did the typical look behind me because I didn't, <laughs> of want, course. didn't want it to be me. And, and he goes, no, you. And I knew it was me. Now, I'd never up till then been slinging the spirit, and people are dropping everywhere. And I'm going, okay, here we go. Well, this ain't going to happen to me. And as I'm, I'm about 10 feet from him, I go down as I hear him saying, you're going to be healing people. And oh, I'm wow. Like, and I'm like, okay. Now, as soon as the service is over, you know what happens. Everybody from the healing team comes up. Oh, you're the guy. You're the guy. I, I can't say I've ever healed anybody physically ever. But Topuku is what the Lord had in store for me. So... As I look at prophecy, I've, I've been blessed to be prophesied over by yeah. Tim's story, yeah. by the Lord downloading the word, by, by the Lord giving me, you know, James and, and confirming at an Arby's restaurant that this is what it was by having Frank Gore, whether he knew it or not, telling me we should go do it in prisons and here we are in prisons. So it's well, been, and it's I, been I think about all that you're doing, and I, I think something that you said that Tim's story said in your notes was that. Uh, you would heal households. And yeah. I think, you know, changing behavior patterns is a basic biblical, it's the, I mean, repentance means to change. 
And so for people to learn how to change, especially base nature stuff and fundamentals. I mean, I know for me personally, like I had to learn to be a disciplined person. <laughs> I have children. I remember thinking children, you know, like we're not all that sinful as human beings. And then you have children and you're like, we are such sinners. <laughs> yep. You yep. know, there's two people groups that are negotiating for all the rights with manipulation all the time. And it's prisoners and toddlers. It's like, that's all they do. And I've worked in the prison system and I've worked with toddlers, both. I have two, yep. you know, kids that are five and seven. And I feel like, like to teach people how to change behavior, to change their mindset, to give them that mission statement, to give them that dream. Tell us some of the stories of transformation that have happened out of this. Well, we've had numerous. Um, we went we went to do our first group at a, at a, at a facility here um, in northern Ohio, and and it, everything was very skeptical. You know, it, it, this is a soft skill; they need hard skills, and and so we went in with with the warden, and 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 and, and I, I actually taught thirty people uh, inside the the principals. Tom Tom the seven lessons. What is a habit? You know, taught them the five tools of how to change that. If we get time, maybe we can go into those if you want. And then went through the whole thing. I did it. I did an hour a day every day for a couple of weeks, and and there was interest. And then I had a, a, a rehabilitation company that said, I think we'd like to add this to our portfolio, so to speak. So they had a study done. And we studied actually 180, 180 inmates in two different groups, control group, experimental group. And, and then that study all went off to a professor at Michigan State University, a psychometricianist. I don't even know what that word was, but it's a person that heard of it. numbers. Yeah. So he, Amazing. So he, yeah. So Professor Frank you know, crunched, crunched the numbers and came back after this four-month study and said, you had a 63.4% reduction in 18 of the 19 areas of, of criminal or slash destructive thinking. You had a 70% increase in self-confidence, like I can transform, I can change, and 9.1, 91.2 out of 100% on how much they liked the program. So I knew, I knew we had something. Now, since we've had uh, a major study done by the University of Louisiana and and the numbers are off the charts. In fact, we're actually going to be published in the Correction Education Association Journal wow. actually this month, later in the month. So the Lord's used this, and, and the stories are just, I mean, I guess I could go through a bunch of them, but, you know, the whole idea and the concept is that now I believe, you know, if people really want to know if it works, just go to YouTube and put into Puku, and they'll go down and look for corrections, and you'll see testimonials that are, you know, that are exciting because these scriptural principles and tools are, are changing lives. And I mean, we, you know, the typical foundation obviously is, is where we're doing most of this through. So the whole idea is to just continue to help more people. That's amazing. I love that. So how, tell me this, like in your marriage and in your life with your children, and now you have 16 grandchildren, as you are walking through as a Christian and getting this kind of thrust for education where you're going. I mean, tell me about like your family life and tell me about how this has impacted your wife and just that stage of life you went into. The, the awesome part is, um, my wife is fully on board. She's my chief editor. Um, you know, she takes all my 235 or 238 in high school is true. So she takes all the stuff and fixes it up. And, 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 and Pat is just phenomenal. The kids are all behind it, obviously. And the neat thing is, 
once you figure out kind of how to play this game of life, which we all have to play, yeah, you, you already give up on it, which is bad. But the kids, the grandkids, you know, it's fun to watch them follow the principles. I mean, you know, I've got a granddaughter that's a D1 softball player, grandkids that are playing football and baseball. They follow these, these scriptural principles and tools. So it's neat as a family, you know, we have an apparel thing. And so they, you know, they're always doing the apparel. It, it's really, it's kept us together, but we've been doing it so long because even before the Lord gave me the the word and actually help you know and put put the book down through me you know they were all taught this stuff my kids were as they were growing up my my oldest son was you know all-state baseball player and a lot of that was because of self-discipline he learned how to control himself so you know it's it, it's been it's been wonderful and <laughs> that's awesome no i think it's amazing well in the midst of this um your program has been out now for quite a while and you've had this kind of success and fruit. Can you go over at all, any of the program, uh, just to kind of share what it looks like? Yeah, definitely would love to. Um, I also want to mention that we're now in schools. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing urban, but we're doing suburban. We're doing a lot of schools now too. We have a learning management system. So if anybody's, and I have a faith version, the faith version has the scriptures that apply to the principles. It's been the, been interesting, Sean. I, I'm, I'm a prophet not accepted in my own hometown. I have several pastors that I know well. Nobody's accepted in doing it yet. I think it'd be a great small group, but and and obviously being a a, a nonprofit, we're not doing it to make money. Just I just think people that uh, people that go to church actually have bad habits too. So the seven the seven tools are basically this. There's five tools within the seven lessons. The first lesson is. What is a habit? The habit's basically three things. It's, it's a trigger or a craving that desires a reward or satisfaction. The third part of a habit is what bridges those two components together. And that word is the key critical word that has to be self-discipline and control of the words routine. So I always tell people, you know, hi, my name is Norm Mulder. I'm an ice cream-aholic. And I am. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I use and abuse my grandkids. Hey, you guys want to go to the ice cream store, right? You know, oh, yeah, how can we do? So, so whoever can control the routine can control the habits. So in 94, when I semi-retired, I created new habits. And I'd be home at night, so I would grab my pint of, you know, ice cream, and I'd grab my bag of Cheetos, and if, about two months later, I'm weighing 40 pounds more than I, than I weighed. <laughs> and I look at my wife, and I said, you know, I said, Pat, this, this retirement doesn't work for me. And she goes, no, the ice cream and Cheetos doesn't work for you. So I had to change my routine again, awesome. you know, go back into decent, you know, snacks, and then take the 40 pounds off, and et cetera. So lesson one quickly just kind of teaches what is a habit. You've got to control the routine. Well, everybody hates controlling the routine when you transfer and change a bad habit to a good one. So the five tools quickly are, I realized that in order to change the habit, I had to stay motivated, take pain, think different, visualize different, meaning passion, and use my time more wisely. So very kind of quickly, the, the motivation formula I, that I came up with was from reading numerous books back in the 70s. And I realize the motivation is also a formula. So if, if a person listening to this could picture like the scales of justice, you've got the scales of justice. In one scale, you have two components. You have, you know, what is my payoff? There's what do I want to get? Yeah. What are my odds of achieving it? And then the other scale, I have those two horrible words, hard work. So here's how it works. 
people when I when I when I arrived, so two thirty five or two thirty eight, and then ended up you know having a, a, a thanks to thanks to the Lord a, a pretty good career. Go to reunions and stuff, and you know, wow, you got so lucky. Well, luck is determined when preparation meets opportunity. So if I'm prepared and an opportunity comes along, you can say I'm lucky, but I look at it like I just outworked you. So if scales work based on weight, here's here's lesson. Here's the key of this lesson: just work hard, because if you mm. put more weight on the hard work scale, the other scale, meaning odds, has to go up, and now I'm closer to my payoff. So I always ask people, I'll go to a school and I'll say, Sean, I'll say, okay, you know, not going to do this, but would you go outside and walk a mile if I gave you $100? And, oh, yeah, I would. I go, well, I'm not going to do it, but you just did the scales of motivation. The hard yeah. work was the mile. The $100 was the payoff, and your eyes are 100%. Of course you're motivated. Then, then I, I do the little teaser, and I'll go, I talk to the principal, and if you'll do five miles, I can give you 5000 bucks. And boy, you ought to see their eyes light up. <laughs> and until I tell them, be back here in 20 minutes. Yes. And all of a sudden, their brains start clicking, and they realize that's five, four-minute miles. And I'll say, everybody listening to this podcast, the world record last I looked was 21 minutes and nine seconds, so don't even try it. People don't stay motivated because they don't believe that their odds are there. Wow. And yet we know as Christians that if we continue to go to our Heavenly Father and, and through the Holy Spirit, ask Him to help us, all I can do is control the hard work. Then my odds have to go up. You know, it's basically like the law of reciprocity. You sow, you reap, right? So if I'm sowing hard work, I have to reap better odds. So the key killer in that is two components. I determine when the result will happen, when the payoff comes, and I determine where it will come. What doesn't work like that? Yeah. I didn't work hard as a garbage collector to become a firefighter paramedic, to work hard there to become a financial planner, to work hard there, you know, to become financially independent. I, all I did was work hard as a garbage collector so I could drive my jalopy, pay for my apartment, put food on the table for my young family. Wow. If you work hard, the odds have to go up. You're always closer to the payoff. So don't predetermine where it'll happen and don't predetermine when it'll happen. Just control the hard work. So that's that's lesson two. And then quickly, you know, uh, we, we believe in the pain association transfer. You know, our lesson, our third lesson is called pain is a must. I believe, and this is the one that I think most of our students, be it a student in school or an inmate or somebody at a gym or anybody else that's doing topuku, they understand that, so I'm 71, I do CrossFit. Why do I do CrossFit at 71? I do it to stay healthy, obviously. But I do it, Sean, because I love doing things with my grandkids. I can't shoot hoops with my grandkids if I'm not in shape. I don't look at CrossFit as being horrible. Yeah. I look at not shooting hoops with my grandkids. So that's, that's so that good. That's, that's a great lesson. So, so if, if they can learn a pain association transfer and not to look at the current pain, but to associate with the future pain, and that's what a lot of our students do, then uh, Charles Stanley. I'm listening. I I get saved, like I said, you know, August 1980. One of the first things I got into is listening to Charles Stanley in the morning on the radio. And I'm listening to Charles, and he does this thing called the Seven E's of Sin. Have you ever heard of that one? I have. Okay, so I so I use that because I had all these bad habits. <laughs> so I had I, I had to say to myself, "Wow, that thought just entered my brain. Do I entertain it? Do I examine it? Do I enjoy it?" Well, those four are in your brain. That's bad enough. 
But once you experience it, now you've turned a, a thought into an action, which mm. now which now we excuse and we become enveloped by. So that became my the thought in my brain. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, I rebuke that thought. I mean, that became what I did to quit looking a certain way at people and doing this and do all the things I'd done as a as a heathen until I got saved. Remember, I got saved at 31, so I'd already become a pretty good heathen. So, <laughs> so, so I use the seven E's. I love the seven E's to, you know, just to control thinking. And then we have then we have another one that we do for visualization, and another one, our our time management is called 168 which, of course, is your 24 times 7. And, and in that one, we basically teach them that you've got to spend two hours a day working on you. 20 minutes wow. here, 30 minutes there. That's awesome. But you've got to, on your calendar, carve out two hours, and every night before your head hits the pillow, when you're done with your prayers, whatever it is you're doing, or before, make a list and make a list of six things that you absolutely will get done tomorrow because that's 2,000 things a year that you'll get done. Now, some are going to repeat oh, I love CrossFit, CrossFit four or five times a week, you know, so that's that's four or five of my 42 things I do, six times seven. But the idea is to control our time. Um, I don't know how much time we have left. Have you ever heard of the Parkinson's Law? No. Parkinson's Law, Sean, is the understanding that you can live either an efficient life or an effective life. And an efficient life sounds good, but if you think of an efficient like an efficiency, you know, like a 300 square foot, one room, you know, kitchenette, little bathroom, bed that folds out of the, out of the wall, then all of a sudden efficient doesn't sound that good. Yeah, exactly. An effective life is when you get up in the morning and you're going to have a birthday party at your house. So what do you do? You make sure the yard's clean, the, you know, everything's cleaned up. You're doing this, you're doing that. You're, you're putting tables out, chairs out. You're going out and getting the ice, getting it done, cleaning the barbecue grill. You're doing all these things. Then you gotta, you're all sweaty, so you take a shower, you come back down. People start showing up and you're shaking hands. Well, not today, but shaking hands, you know, doing all this stuff. And the party goes on and, and you have a fun time and, and you're all done. And the grandkids are all happy because you had a big party at your house. And, and now everybody leaves and you're cleaning up and putting the tables away, chairs away and all this stuff. And my point is when you get done at the end of the day, you say to yourself, did I clean the garage this morning? That's Parkinson's law, having effective days. Now, they don't all need to be that effective, yeah. but they need to be effective. And I think two hours a day can help us become effective. No, then, I think like what you're talking about too. I think I just think of the millennial generation who a lot of you listen listening right now are millennials. And there's been a judgment that they're not uh, as productive or that they're not as connected. But really, it's there's a whole skill and tool set that I think that God's imparting because there's intense passion in uh, this whole generation that's alive right now, not just millennials, but the whole generation. But there's such a lack of focus. And my wife and I have a joke. She'll say, you know, did you have a good time if I go out with a new group of friends or whatever? Did you have a good time with them? And I'll, if I'm like, yeah, it was good. She's like, oh, I know exactly why. Because there are people who don't produce a lot of um, anything in their life. Like they're just people who mm. just kind of are existing. They're good. They, they might be winding down in some areas or whatever. They might be just, you know, and, and she's like, one day she goes, you know, that one person that we're friends with that you won't really connect to, it's because they've talked about three passion projects for five years and they've never accomplished them, huh? And I'm like, well, they said they were going to write a book and I've written five books since they've said that. And I'm on th four more books and they said they want to do a podcast. 
I've made 150 episodes and I'm doing a whole new podcast now. Like it's hard for me to connect to them when they won't just live basic discipline, but I don't judge them for where they're at because they've had so much um, trauma in their life, which I think sometimes takes away from that productivity where you can become a victim in, in a lot of those areas. But it's just that thing that there's, there's, I'm wired for what you're talking about. Like, I, I feel like some of the, the natural wiring that God's put inside of me through my relationship with them speaks of Topuku, what, what you're building with people. And I'm so loving what you're saying, because I feel like we only have one lifetime to give Jesus. And I, I don't think we should become workaholics. There's a rhythm to rest, but there's also a rhythm to planning and, and being intentional. And I love it. I love it, Norm. I love what you're saying so much. Well, I cut you off. So tell us the last bit. And then we're going to go ahead and we have to end the episode, which I hate because I love everything you're saying. So lesson seven is called Burn the Bridge. And we've all done this. We've gone over the bridge called Getting in Shape and back over the bridge called Getting Out of Shape over and over and over. So if they memorize the five tools in lessons two through six, they'll actually be able to burn the bridge and not go back to the bad habit. Now, we've got to declare in writing again, who we want to be. So we have a template in the back of the book that helps them build their own personal mission statement. And, and the template takes them through. We ask them questions. They give us answers. They write. And by, by the time they're done, they kind of tell us who they want to be in their spiritual life, family life, physical, mental, social life. And then what I call the oddball could be education for kids or getting out of prison for an inmate or, you know, vocation for a person working. Once I determine by writing a bunch and then condensing it down to six paragraphs or two or three sentences each of who I want to be, now I declare in my goal session, again, a template, we ask the questions, they write, and by the time they're done with that, Sean, they've got another six paragraphs of, of what they're going to do to become that person of their mission statement. So that's kind of what has taken this into becoming a, a, a I'm just going to say it because it's God's program. It's not mine, you know, into a very successful transformational program. And again, it's not concept. It's not theory. It's not rhetoric. It's not the old, you know, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. It's actually tools to use. And, and I, I will also say for my friends who are listening, sometimes I hear from a pastor or somebody, well, the only person you cheat is you. That's, you know, you cheat your family, you cheat God, you Yes, I get it. And there, there's a, a family of an inmate is affected, but their lives go on. Topuku is a life skills change of behavior program. Yeah. It's about it's about do I do the last couple reps? It's about do I cheat myself and not do my homework tonight? It's about do I show up and I'm being paid by somebody and I don't do the work I'm supposed to be doing because I'm watching something on the computer or whatever. It's that's what Topuku is. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing just the foundation of it. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going, I need that for my life or for, I mean, especially from the reason why I started the show the way I did is because, you know, you have accomplished so much and you're, you're managing, like you said, over a billion dollars of financial stuff. And, and then you, you know, retire so somewhat, semi-retire and you form this. So it's like, you've already been working with highly successful people. And the fact that God regeared you after that life, to be able to, and you know, and I love to say it's self-made or God-made anyways, because you didn't start out that way. So the fact that you've now given this program and that God's actually using it to transform lives, I just think it's phenomenal. I just think it's so amazing. And I'm, I hope everyone who's listening will grab hold of it. Um, I think, you know, I, I actually want to go through it. I, <laughs> I'm excited to look at it, especially for some family members, because I feel like it's easy to get stuck. But I want to get past that just to end our episode. I want to just ask, 
tell me about your personal connection to God as far as like, how do you hear from God? How does God show up for you in a, in a day-to-day way or in a family way? So when I first got saved, I did Bible roulette. <laughs> I love it, as we all have. <laughs> and he honored it. It was it was wild. That's awesome. I mean, it was like, you know, and that I could go say certain things to people and that kind of stuff. Is I um, the word says we're gonna move off the milk to the meat. And 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 not that I don't enjoy every so often having something happen, but you know, my my thing that I really got into, I mean, I, I love, you know, Proverb a day keeps Satan away. I mean, yeah. that one's become yeah. one that I've used forever. So, you know, you got to, in February, you got to do three extra days. Sorry about that. You know, <laughs> let's, let's just leap year, you know, but anyhow. So, you know, the, the Lord took me into a real, into a real study into the word. And, 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 and thankfully, because he always brings it back to our remembrance, it, it's been fun to share with so many people um, what he's, what he's done for me. So, you know, I, I'm a, I'm obviously, as we all are, you know, God's will, God's way, God's timing. So I, 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 I usually sit pretty silent until the door opens or I get a nudging and then I know I'm supposed to say something to somebody regarding, you know, where are you in your faith and so forth. So, and, and even at 71, he brings back all the scriptures that I, not, not that I stopped reading, but you know, he brings back stuff and certain things that I need for yeah. certain times. So yeah. it's been fun. Um, and, and I love I it. Just, I just love being used. And, and, and in the, the situation, obviously, of having a, a, an organization that has that many people, we've had a lot of, lot of times to be blessed to, to talk to a lot of people about what it is to be saved. So it's yeah. been, been fun. Continue. I look forward to more. No, and thank you, Norm, for everything you've done and all you're doing. How can people get a hold of the program and you and just what's the best way to connect to you? Yeah, I would. So probably through the website, uh, topuku.com is, is the, the quote company website. There's also topukufoundation.org. And, and if, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this or not. I hope you'll edit it if I'm not. If there's a pastor that would like to talk about doing a small group, I would love to do that. You know, we, we do oh, for so, sure. many, I love that. so many small groups that, and I'm not knocking anything, but it could be finance, it could be whatever. Until we learn to control our thinking, it's very hard to have success in the rest of those, some of those, some of those small groups. And obviously the Lord's going to do whatever he wants to do, but you know, that, so I would say those two ways, um, we do, we do have a full blown learning management system that we're glad to sign people up for. If somebody can't afford it, let me know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but I, I would, you know, through the website, there's a, there's all of our contact information there and, and uh, we just love to hear from anybody and see what we can do to help. That's really what it's about, you know, for my wife and myself and, and basically the whole team. You know, everybody here is pretty, pretty old, a couple of 72-year-olds and a couple of late 50s, early 60s. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's on board to, you know, to, you know, to do what the Lord wants us to do. So I love it. Well, I just want to remind everybody who's listening, like some of you are listening to this and going, yay, a new tool, I need this. And some of you are listening and you're hearing Norm's undercurrent story of like how he was hearing God and just, you know, writing out and dictating what he was hearing and it turned into a whole training program. And some of you are hearing God and it's turning into something that's a tool for the world. And I just believe that God in this, in this time we live in that he's providing things. And this is one of the things that the prophetic does is make complicated principles really easy. So we can all access the life he truly called us to live, which is actually very simple. 
And so I just thank you, Norm, and I thank you for being an example to us and not just sharing about the program, but being an example of how you got the program. And it was very, very awesome. So thank you for being on the show today. Appreciate the opportunity so much and just love, love your ministry and love what you're doing. Thanks so much. One of my favorite questions I get as someone who people tend to see as a prophetic person or a ministry leader is, will you mentor me? And I love this question and I haven't been able to do much with it for all these years because I've been teaching, writing books, these kinds of things. But the one-on-one is the hardest part. There's just not enough time, especially for the thousands of requests we've gotten. Well, we came up with a solution called the Translating God Mentoring Platform. And this is a platform where there's five videos a week along with an online coach who's going to answer your questions. And you will have question and answer videos, teaching videos, mentoring other people videos where we're doing mentoring conversations. There's videos from other prophetic ministers and some you'll know really, really well who are sharing prophetic testimonies and stories of what works for them. You don't want to miss being a part of this community that's growing online because just subscribing monthly, you're going to get all these videos every week into your mailbox. And I know it's going to change your life as you have someone to process your prophetic journey with you and have these mentoring conversations with. Come join us at bowlsministries.com and click on mentoring. You're going to love it. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlesministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.